0: Well, good morning, everybody. You're singing really well, um, which is hopeful for me and encouraging. Um, and so, yeah, we're in week four, maybe week five of the whole series. And I want to encourage you. It's been a great, great series that we've gone through in the summer. Another one left on Sunday. Leon's back next weekend. And um, please keep praying for him and Simon, who's are the way in Albania, having a great dancing time by the look of it, from what I've heard. I'm sure that will appear somewhere, Andy, on a screen near you, won't it? Absolutely, um, and just to um, just to say that some real truths have come out over these last few weeks. And if you haven't been here for all of them, that's great. That's not that's not fine. That, that's fine. That's not a problem. We'll get my words out in a minute. That's not a problem because they're on podcast for you. So please download them, listen to them at your leisure. Let the truth of what God has been trying to say to us over these last weeks really sink into our hearts and apply it, because it's great coming here every Sunday and hearing this awesome teaching that we're so blessed with. But if we don't apply it and we don't make some changes where God is prompting us to make changes, then we'll never see any growth, will we? And so I want to encourage you as we look at this topic this morning to be open. Um, you will have loads of questions and loads of experiences in a room with the people at this size. And I just want to openly say this morning that I won't answer all of your questions. I can't. With 30 minutes, it's impossible. But what I would encourage is actually, it's right that I don't. Because actually, you need to be trusting the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. That he will lead you into truth too. So take what I'm talking about. What we're going to talk about are some solid things that are in the word of God about the supernatural world. and, And those questions that you have, you know, please, please feel free to ask them. To somebody else. No, I'm not joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. So, but I did, when I was, when I was um, um, sort of looking into this whole topic, I did find this um, recent study that says that more than half of the UK population believes in the supernatural world. And by supernatural world, they're talking about ghosts, spirits, psychic powers, and stuff like that. That's over half of our population believes in that. And you know, the paranormal's become big business, hasn't it? With our TV and our films, the popularity of things like Most Haunted, where apparently all you do is go to a supposedly um, haunted hotel, sit in a room, turn all the lights off and wait to see if you hear any noises. Well, actually, if I sat in my house and turned all the lights off, I would hear some noises. So I'm not quite sure about where that level's on on um, on the spectrum, really. And you can have ghost walks around Dudley Castle now. (laughs) <laughs> really, I'm sure we've all signed up for that one, and uh, and I think it must be because it attracts more visitors. I think if you can create some mystique around something, some mystery, you're going to pull things in. I think that's why we have all these movies at the moment, like the Twilight series about you know about the vampires, about the Paranormal Activity TV shows on Dracula, Frankenstein, Sleepy Hollow, the Headless Horseman, all that kind of stuff. Really, and there's even an app you can get that helps you with ghost detection. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that works. But I think what I'm trying to say is I think I can safely say this morning that we are more than interested in the paranormal as a a culture. More than interested in the paranormal. And all paranormal means is mental phenomena outside of the range of the normal. That's all that word means. And you may have heard another word bandied around, the occult. That word occult just means hidden or secret. There really shouldn't be any fear attached to that word at all for us as Christians this morning. It just means hidden or secret. And you can have many responses to this subject. I mean, you could be sitting here this morning and just saying, is there really any harm in all of this stuff? Isn't it just a bit of fun, really? Aren't we just, you know, just dabbling a little bit and just seeing what happens? And you don't really believe in all this, do you, Jane? Seriously. You know, a grown woman, you believe in all of this stuff that's going on out there. You know, so what about seances and horoscopes and Ouija boards and mediums and tarot cards and having your palm read? And they're probably some of the questions that you've got going on in your head. And they're all of the questions I'm not going to answer this morning. Because I think that actually we need to grow in our faith ourselves with some of this stuff. And hopefully what we do talk about this morning will give a really strong foundation on where some of this all sits. And hopefully some of your common sense and then some of the wisdom and discernment that God has on the inside of you, you'll be able to put this stuff in some boxes yourself without me actually saying some of that but you see as a Christian I've also seen some varied responses to the supernatural too and so what you're going to hear are some theme tunes and I want you to show out what the film is and then I'm going to tell you what, my, what I've seen and what my experience has been about the supernatural with some of these theme tunes so here's theme tune number one Jaws I love this bit and the response I've seen about, about using jaws, really, is that I've tried it once, Jane. I got bitten. I got really scared. I'm never going into that water again. Thank you. Well, for some of you that watched yours when it first came out, you know, that the temptation was to never ever swim again anywhere, never have a bath, never even use your toilet because you were scared that the shark was... That's ridiculous, isn't it? It's absolutely ridiculous. But actually, that is some responses that we can have as Christians towards a supernatural world. Is actually, oh, I've, it, I got bitten by it once and I'm not going there again, thank you. So theme tune number two. Thanks, Ryan. What's that? Superman. Superman you see so another response I've seen is this is that isn't this just to be dealt with by the super Christians or the superheroes of the faith when it comes to supernatural things you know I'm not really equipped for all of this Jane so I think I'm just going to well, get involved I'm going to avoid it well actually the truth is this morning that you are involved by being a Christian sitting here being a follower of Christ you are involved you are involved already So as we go through this morning, you'll see the part that we play. The third response I've seen is this. What theme tune is that? X-Files, yeah. Man, that was a long TV series, wasn't it? And this is where it's all spooky and mysterious. It's all spooky and mysterious, and the truth is out there. That was the big strap line on the X-Files, wasn't it? It's all about the unexplained. It's all really, really weird. And we really shouldn't be having anything to do with that at all, should we? But actually, I believe that our response as Christians this morning, when it comes to the supernatural, should be this theme tune. Who's that? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. And do you know why I think Indiana Jones when I think about the supernatural world? It's because I think there are treasures here to be rediscovered. I think there are treasures here to be rediscovered that the dust needs to be blown off and we see God as he truly is, 100% supernatural, 100% supernatural. So there is another dimension that we call the spiritual realm that we live in. It's a supernatural world and it's full of activity. And that activity can interact with my life here on planet Earth. And when that happens, when that interaction happens, that's what I think is called the paranormal. So, So when that activity happens, when it does... I could say that that was paranormal activity and the Bible has something to say about that and it's in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 13 they're going to come up on the screen for you if you haven't got your Bible with you and it says this finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. I love that scripture. After you've done everything, to stand. So this tells me that not only is there a spiritual realm, it also tells me that not all of it is good. That's what that scripture tells me. That's truth. Not all of it is good. There's even conflict. There's even fighting. And what is being fought over are the purposes of God in this world that we live in. Because what we see with our naked eye is not all there is. What we see with our naked eye is not all there is. So what are these powers and forces? And what else is out there apart from me and God? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. What else is out there apart from me and God? And the first things, uh, created beings are out there apart from me and God are angels. We very rarely hear these talked about, but actually they are real. Angels are real. They're created by God. They're not human, they're spirits, but they are powerful, far more powerful than I am. In fact, 1 Peter says, even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful. So they're not some weakly, weakly things. Angels are really powerful beings, and there are lots of them, lots of them. Jesus actually said he could call down 12 legions of angels if he needed them. So with my basic math, which is very basic, that I roughly worked out that's between thirty-six and 72,000 of them. That's how many Jesus could call down, thousands and thousands of them. And there are different kinds. There are cherubim, seraphim, archangels. And the brilliant thing is they do minister to us. They do minister to us. And I remember when... Years ago, I went out to Russia before the, um, before really the, the, the Iron Curtain had properly really come down and where you couldn't actually be open about your Christian faith at all. Um, churches were very much locked behind closed doors. Secret services were going on. And I, me and my friend actually saw a, a program and about this church in Russia that had never shut its doors. Through all of the, all, all of the persecution they'd had, never shut its doors. So I had this really great idea. is Wouldn't it be really great to go and take stuff and give it to that church? Great idea. How do we do that? We don't know where it is. So the only way you could get into Russia in those days was through British Airways. There were no like package, package holidays like there are now. So me and my friend packed everything into a suitcase that we wanted to give away, apart from the t- 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 change of clothes and stuff, got on a Thompson holiday thing, flew out to Moscow, thought, this is great, we're going to find this church. Problem number one was, they don't have our alphabet, do they? It's all Cyrillic. I'd never thought about that. I didn't know, know where I was, let alone where that church was. I couldn't even like negotiate myself. So we, we was put, I remember coming out of the Tubeway station. There was me and my friend there. We got it written on a piece of paper where this church was, and we were clueless, absolutely clueless. I thought, this is never going to work. We've got all of this stuff. This is never going to work. Have we heard you, God? We think we have. All of a sudden, this woman looked over our shoulder and she said, "Um, are you looking for this church? And we were like, yes. And she went, I know where that is. I'll take you. She walked us right to the door. And it was ages. We would never have found this in a million years. In a million years. And it was the front of a house, a normal, like, terraced house. And it was a false front and the church was behind it. It was absolutely incredible. We had an awesome time. And, um, and, and, and And I'd look around to say, thank you. And she'd gone. She'd absolutely gone. Now, I can say... Probably 99% absolutely certain that that was an angel for me. There is no way that we'd have found that place. No way at all. And she took us straight to the door. And just for you, Bernard, the weird thing was, there was a poster of Reinhard Bonnke on the wall inside of that church. And we sat under it, and I was dripping wet, and I was shattered. And I was so tired, and this guy came up to me, this Russian guy came up to me, and he went... You should never be tired, Jane. You are always an evangelist. Under this picture of Reinhard Bonke, so I think even, even he was getting into secret places, mate, just to encourage you there. So, but, but it was an awesome experience we had. But they do minister to us, they are sent with a purpose, with a mission. And there may be things in your life when you look back and you just think, How did that happen? How did that happen? Maybe it was an angel. So you've got angels. The second thing they're out there, the second thing's out there, is the devil. Now, we shouldn't be frightened of saying his name. Nothing's going to happen if I say the devil. Nothing is going to happen in that sense. He's just a fallen angel who rebelled against God. That's who Satan is. And you can read about that in Isaiah 14 if you want to. Um, What I'm going to say is what he isn't. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful. He's not God or even close to God. He's not equal to God. He likes to think he is and likes to play out that he is and likes to help us see things in a way that make us believe that he is, but He's not he is not equal to god jesus believed in him he didn't think the devil was a myth or some cartoon character with a red fork tail and some and some pointy ears jesus believed he was real so what is he i can tell you exactly what the devil is he's a murderer john 8:44 tells me that he's not just a little bit naughty he's a liar the bible tells me that too he deceives What the devil does is this. He makes wrong appear right and harmful appear healthy. That's it. Wrong appear right and harmful appear healthy. He loves destroying things. But the most important thing we need to remember this morning, that he is defeated. Amen. He is defeated. Jesus' death on the cross did that for me. He went to war on my behalf. He went to war on my behalf. So I'm not fighting for victory we're not fighting for victory, we're not trying to figure out who's going to win this thing, we fight from victory, not for it. We fight from victory, not for it. But you might say if that's true then Jane, then why is all this stuff going on in the world? Why do we see all this stuff going on? Why does man treat man so terribly? Why does all this stuff, inequality and stuff go in the world? And I would say to you, that's a very good question. And the only way I can explain that is how it was explained to me years and years ago. is to use an example from the Second World War. And it was at the time when the South Pacific was still at war. Japan was still at war. And they declared the battle over. The war had ended. The war had ended. But pockets of guerrilla warfare still continued on thousands of islands around the South Pacific. Thousands of islands. Just because the war was over, the war had been won, the battle continued. Lives were lost because those bullets were still real. Those bullets were still real. And it's just the same spiritually for us this morning. The devil was defeated when Jesus went to the cross. My sin was paid for at that moment when Jesus died, as was yours. For all people, for all time, that power over my life and your life is is broken. There's no doubt about that. It is broken. But the devil and his band of fallen angels, or demons as you might hear them called, still engage in this guerrilla warfare to try and discourage me and divide us. But, a big but, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Death is not the final victory in your life if you follow Jesus Christ this morning. It isn't until Jesus returns the devil is defeated but he's still on the loose so that's why we can't be as Paul says be ignorant of his schemes and of his strategies he divides he condemns he lies and he deceives and C.S. Lewis put this much greater than I could ever put it he said there are two great errors when we talk about Satan one is you think too much about him and the second is you think too little You think too much about him, and you think too little. But before we go further into this, I've got to say this. Not everything is down to the devil. Not everything is down to the devil. Sometimes I have really bad situations going on in my life because I do really stupid stuff. I do really stupid stuff, and then I have consequences from that. That isn't anything to do with the devil. That's me and my choices. That's me and my choices. So on one side we have God and his faithful band of angels and on this side we have the devil and his fallen angels also known as demons. So how does God provide for us in this whole thing? If this war is still continuing, these battles are still continuing, sorry, how does God provide for us and protect us from what is going on? How do we need to prepare ourselves for the fight? Well we're going to go back to Ephesians and we're going to find that out this morning how we can be prepared for the fight. So back to Ephesians 6. And when we read verses 10 to 13 again, maybe see them in a different light with that context now of exactly what's going on around us. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Amen. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So I'm told to prepare myself. I'm told to prepare myself because the devil doesn't want me to pursue a life with God at the center of it. He doesn't want that for me. He doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want you to grow. He doesn't want you to come here every Sunday. He doesn't want you to come here every Sunday and apply what you've learned so that your life is changed and transformed. He doesn't want you to make a difference in the world that you live in. He doesn't want that. So God has given us some protection. And what that is, we're going to go through that. It was written at Roman times, so it uses the analogy of Roman pieces of armor, but it still works really well today. It still works really well today. So the first thing is about the belt of truth. And the belt of truth allowed Romans to tuck their robes in so they wouldn't trip up and they could maneuver really, really well. And you could hang other weapons on it as well. So the belt we used to free ourselves up with is the truth. It's the truth. I need to be able to spot a lie from a mile off. And the only way I can do that is immersing myself in the truth. Is knowing what is a lie and what isn't. It's what gives me discernment or wisdom in the world that I live in. You see, we may want to conquer the world for Christ, but it's not about physical fighting. I think it's more about a battle of ideas. And in Corinthians, it says that to me. In 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 5, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments, battle of ideas. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It's a bit more than a quick Google search, isn't it? We need to immerse ourselves in the truth of what, who God is, what he does, and what his word says to us. So then we've got a breastplate of righteousness And this was strapped onto your chest, obviously, gives the game away, but to cover your heart. But actually, what I found out as well, though, is it covered all of your vital organs. It went right around to the back of you. It wrapped around your entire body. And righteousness is all about being right with someone or something. But in our context this morning, it's about being right with God. And there are two ways to be right with God today. The first one is positional, which happens when we get saved, when we give our lives to Christ, when we ask Jesus to come into our life. That sets my position right before God. So the day I did that, my position before God is right. But there's also day-to-day rightness that I need to face. And these are about situations that I, that I come into contact with, things that I, that I do, choices that I have to make. And this is about staying right with God in my day-to-day life in relation to the choices that I make in how I live. And why is that important? Well, it's, this is really important for me. Because with my breastplate gone, my heart is exposed and then I get sloppy with living right. I get really sloppy with the way I live. So that needs to be in place for me. That needs to be right for me because otherwise I'm vulnerable to attack. That's probably my biggest place is with my heart. I really feel things quite deeply sometimes. And often too much because that breastplate isn't in place properly. The next thing is about the gospel of peace, which is all wrapped up in the sandals and the shoes that the Roman soldiers used to wear. And they used to be laced up their legs, making them really, really tight and secure. Heavy enough and well-adapted enough to go for long distances, but also light enough so they could move over any terrain at all. About being sure-footed. This is about me standing firm on what I know to be true. I'm walking on something that's going to hold my weight. And God holds my weight every time every time. It also lets us take the gospel, the news of Jesus. He's transforming power the people and the places that we need to take it to. So maybe there are people in your life and God's put on, the, on your journey, in your path, that you need to go and speak to. Have something strapped to your feet that you know is going to hold you up. And then what about the shield of faith? You know, I used to imagine this as like this little small thing that you used to put on the side of your arm. This thing covered a whole man. It was huge. They were massive things, massive things. And it was often soaked in water, so it meant that actually when the enemy fired arrows that were often on fire, it could distinguish them straight away. So what kind of shield do I hold up? What kind of shield are you holding up this morning? Is it really, really small on your arm or is it covering you? Is it massive, as massive as it should be? You know, arrows are very pointed, aren't they? And they're centered to the most damage when they enter the body. So it all focuses on the point in. And we face arrows all the time, all the time. Some of the ones that I face are things like false guilt, doubt sometimes. Sometimes I get a bit rebellious, believe it or not. I get a bit rebellious with things. Fear, I get fearful about stuff. I can get angry about things. And they're all arrows that if they pierce me, I'm going to respond to that. And I take a hazard a guess that you do too. That you do too. You know, faith is simply having confidence in something or someone, counting on something. And I can tell you categorically that there's no better person in this whole world to count on than God. No better person. He's consistent. He's 100% there all the time. But the shield also lets you march forward. I don't know whether you've seen loads of these films like Gladiator or the old films like Ben-Hur and films like that. When the army came together, they'd lock shields and they'd move forward. And that tells me that my faith, my shield of faith needs to journey. I need to move with it. I need to walk on with it. I need to take risks with it. I need to take action because that's the way that faith works in my life. I need to work with it. I need to move with it. I I need to journey with it. I don't just stand there protect, you know, defending myself, but I need to actually make a concerted effort, be intentional about going somewhere with my faith. But what really helps is the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. This was always made of metal in their day, probably bronze or iron. Obviously protected the head. And I think this speaks to me more as somebody who actually has Christ in my life. actually made a decision to follow Jesus. Because this means about me being sure of my place in God's family. Because often what can happen is that the devil likes to tell me things like, How can God really love you, Jane, in relation to the things that you've done? Just think about your life. Just think about some of the choices you've made. Think God's listening to you right now while you're talking to these people. Because they don't know what's gone on, do they? They don't know the things that you've done, the situations that you've been in the people that you've been with and you think you think they're listening to what you're saying right now how dare you think God loves you how dare you think he's listening to you and you know what that happened to me right this morning I had to take myself into a room over there and go do you know what grab my helmet and go do you know what I am a daughter of God here that wasn't my life but it's not me and if you're having those thoughts this morning I want to say to you that may have been your life but it is not you it is not the you that God is looking on this morning Stuff may happen in your life, but that does not define you. That does not define who you are. And it definitely doesn't have to define your future. And if you get nothing else from this morning, from the helmet of salvation, it's this, that you do not have to listen to that rubbish that runs around in your head. And sometimes I let that run too long. I let it run far, far too long before I do something about it. It's about knowing and living and thinking and acting as someone who knows ultimately That the devil has no power about where I'm going to spend my eternity. So, stuff can happen in my life, things can happen to my family and to my situations around me, but you know what? I'm going to spend my eternity with Jesus. And nothing is going to change that. And then there's this sword of the spirit. It's more like a dagger of the spirit, really, because it's a really, really short sword. And it's the only offensive weapon we are given the only offensive weapon we're giving everything else is to defend us this is what we are to fight with and do you remember Jesus when he's in the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil it's a great story if you've not read that and all the time he was saying it is written it is written it is written and it's almost like that dagger's going in all the time it is written twist and turn it a bit it is written twist and turn it a bit it is written it is written but do you know what what's written in the past stays written What's written in the past stays written. So what was true 2,000 years ago when Jesus spoke it out to the devil is true for me today right here. What was written in the past remains written. It's unchanging and it's constant. And it's the one weapon that causes the devil to flee. It's how we're meant to fight back. You know Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. But this armor has to be put on. This armor has to be put on. They're not things we already have. So if you feel like you're losing ground this morning, if you feel like you're losing ground spiritually, or things have got into your thinking, or you're a little weak and vulnerable... Maybe you've got a piece or two of armor missing this morning. You know, we drift into stuff. You know, I don't often take a sudden turn into something not good for me. I'd assume you like to drift into it. But you know what? The converse is true. I don't drift into spiritual strength either. I don't drift into spiritual strength either. It takes effort and determination. It has got to be intentional and if God you know if I could see what I look like right now I would look formidable in my full battle gear because that's how God sees me this morning with my spiritual armor on I don't see that but it's there maybe I look like Rambo or a bit like the Terminator but I look like somebody who's ready for it and so do you in this room this morning is an army of God An army of God that is battling for his kingdom to come and his will to be done here on this earth. So what might you be missing or outgrown? You know, if I was trying to wear the same clothes I did when I was seven, I would look ridiculous. I would look absolutely ridiculous because I've outgrown it. But actually, my faith has grown My journey with God has grown, so surely my covering needs to grow. You know, the only place the Bible doesn't mention is my backside. It's the only piece of protection that the Bible tells me there's no armour for. And I've sort of got thinking about that really. Maybe it's because you're supposed to cover my bottom and I'm supposed to cover yours. Maybe this is how the body of Christ works. We're told all the time, pray for the believers. Encourage and pray for each other. Pray for our leaders. Pray for the leaders. Even if we don't agree and we haven't voted them in, pray for them. Pray for our elders. Pray for our leadership. Pray for our children. Pray for our young people. Pray for your wives' husbands. Pray for your husbands' wives. All through the Bible is pray, 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 pray. And I think it's because we are meant meant to have each other's back. We are meant to have each other's back. And I want to thank you this morning for all the times you've prayed for me. And I may not have seen what's in front of me. But maybe you've protected me from something. And the times that I've prayed for you and I've had your back. It's the way we're meant to work as an army and as a body of God. And I want to take some time just this morning as we finish to pray for you. You know, you may have been some struggles this morning. You may feel actually the cycles of thoughts that have been going through your head that you just think, I don't know where that's come from. Like me this morning, stuff I haven't thought about for years was just right there, right there. Maybe you feel vulnerable. Maybe your heart's been exposed to some stuff. Maybe you've just not remembered that this stuff is there. Maybe you've never even known it existed in the first place. But you can look formidable this morning to the spirit world. You can look absolutely formidable. And so as we just close our eyes and we just let the music just wash over you, if you would like me to pray for you, then just please just put your hand up and I will pray. If you feel that there's something missing, if you feel that, you know, you've outgrown something or you've not worn a piece and just think, actually, do you know what? I really do need to be reminded about that. I have felt a bit exposed, a bit vulnerable, a bit under attack. Then, if you put your hand up and I'll pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, loads of you. Thank you. Bless you guys. Bless you guys. And I'm going to pray that you remember this morning that he that is in you is greater. That probably doesn't even expand how great it is, he's greater than he that is in the world. Father I want to thank you that that is such a truth that if we remember nothing else that when we're in the throes of battle and we just feel like we just don't know where to turn we'll remember that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world so Father it doesn't matter what the devil's schemes or strategies are because God you will always prevail over that so Father I pray for these people now Father who've just been reminded that maybe there's some armor missing. Maybe there's a piece of equipment that they've not picked up for a while or they've outgrown and they've not realized, God, that that their faith has grown, but what they're wearing hasn't. And and so, God, I pray for those, Lord Jesus, that need, Father, some truth this morning, that need to be reminded of some truth of your word, that need to be able to spot a lie from a mile off. God, would you do that by your Holy Spirit right now? Would you show up those places where they've believed a lie? And they've let that lie settle and they've let it form into something and it's actually become something that maybe they're living by or working with. God, we need your truth this morning. And we demolish that every that now and we take captive that thought in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for those people that need that breastplate readjusting that maybe their heart is a bit exposed, maybe they felt a bit vulnerable to stuff. Maybe they know they're not right with you this morning. Maybe they're not right with somebody else. And God, I pray that that breastplate, Father, would stretch this morning. That God, where we've been exposed to things, I pray, Holy Spirit, you just come and make a little alteration on our journey this morning. father maybe we're feeling we're being called to go and to go and take your word somewhere and speak to somebody and we we just feel fearful and frightened about that and we don't think that we know enough or we're not sure enough father i pray that there'd be a foundation under those people's feet right now that they would know that he has called them we'll go with them and father maybe our shield has been far too small Maybe our faith, has been felt shrunken by that. Maybe we felt that, God, we've not not been a Christian long enough and we shouldn't have that big of a shield. But, God, that shield that you've given us should be big enough to cover us and to cover each other. And so, Father, I pray for that, God, that where there are arrows that have penetrated, Holy Spirit, would you break that off right now? And, God, maybe, like me, this morning, some people have been struggling with stuff that's been going round and round in their heads. How, how, How can you? How can you? How could you? Why should you? And Father, we want to break that in Jesus' name this morning. I want to declare over you that you are a son and a daughter of God. And therefore, we live in heavenly places with him. And all of that stuff is beneath our feet. Would you give us eyes to see that this morning? And Father, where we need to remember that we have a sword and we can fight back and we can say no and we can say it is written. Father, I pray for those people right now that that would be their truth. That they would know how to do that. That they would know how to challenge and how to fight back. And Father, I pray that this morning as as you look down on us, Father, you would see a whole group of people, formidable formidably dressed in the full armor of God so that we will not be ignorant of the devil's schemes but after everything we will stand we will stand Amen you know you need to go this morning knowing the devil is defeated knowing that he is defeated he may have gained some ground in your life but you can reclaim that back you can reclaim that back and maybe you're living as though the war hasn't, hasn't ended for you maybe like that Japanese soldier that wandered out the jungle like 30 or 40 years later after the second world war had finished still thinking the war was still on and still ready to go for it you know we don't have to do that we don't have to do that remember if you're a follower of Christ this morning he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world and if you wouldn't count yourself as a Christian today you can be you can be and there are people around you'd love to speak to you about that We'd love to take you through that process and, and answer some of the questions you may have. But the truth today is this. God is a supernatural God more than able to deal with anything we may face. So who are you going to call? I suggest we call on the God that is greater than is in you. Amen. And we're going to stand and we're going to put some truth on our lips about that this morning. And this song really conjures up a picture for me about what it must have been like when the ground was shaking and the stone was rolled away and the devil knew it was up and Jesus had won it for me and for you so let's sing this believing this this morning that it is one. may not feel like it sometimes but it is one, and we can get through this life together journeying together with him and with each other so let's stand and let's just sing this song together as we come to a finish.